the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You, uh, the British people, what is your mood? Is it, uh, is it confidence? Confident. Confident? How confident? Very. Some people say it's a lost cause. Our lost causes are the only ones worth fighting for. Too right. Yes, now let me ask you this. If the worst came to pass and, and the enemy were to appear on those, those streets above... What would you do? Fight. Fight the fascists. Fight them with anything we can lay our hands on. Broom handles if we must, street by street. They'll never take Piccadilly. (laughs) (laughs) Never take Piccadilly indeed. (laughs) And what if I put it to you all that we might, if we, uh, if we ask nicely, get very favourable terms from Mr Hitler if we enter into a peace deal with him right now? What would you say to that? Never. 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 Well, you will never give up. No, never. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Opened up with that scene from the movie The Darkest Hour because I think uh, I think we're being tested this week by uh, the people in Iran, and I think the whole world is watching and watching to see if uh, if if our president how he handles himself here, and it's uh, it's it's interesting to see how how the other leadership in our country is reacting and how the how they stand up, and I and I and we'll talk about this in a minute. But I think uh, it's interesting to see because I think uh, North Korea is watching and China's watching and Russia's watching, and they're all remembering they're all remembering uh, a red line in the sand that Obama uh, drew with Syria. We'll talk about this more, but I think uh, I think that scene from the darkest hour Winston, when Winston Churchill's uh, uh, before he talks to Parliament when they're thinking about giving up when it looks like they're surrounded by the Germans and and defeat is inevitable. And uh, they decide, no, 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 we're going to fight. We're going to fight. It's interesting. We'll, t- we'll talk about this in more details. And, of course, that song was Head First from the Babies, and we use that just because, hey, it's a good song, and it sounded good. It was a good opening. So, But before we go on any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you want to talk to someone that thinks like you. And if you're listening to this show, we probably think a lot alike or you just like to get me to rev up your your blood pressure uh if you're in if you need some financing on any of that stuff call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time day or night toll free area code 855-640-2020 if you want to talk if you want to get some information but you don't want to talk on the phone because you don't want me to hear what your voice sounds like because we might be sitting at a restaurant next to each other and then i'm going to go hey isn't that such and such 
the guy with the bad credit or such as you know you who knows why you'd be embarrassed to to be uh to be recognized by me but uh if for some reason go to edhoffman.net e d h o f f m a n.net click on the summit funding uh, logo and it'll take you to where you can uh, put in all your information that you want me to have tell me how much information you want back and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates Eric Marquez Alex Rojas uh, Aaron Mark, uh, Aaron uh, Fredericks, uh, Cody Bradbury, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you uh, find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you want to hear something repeated, you can hear the podcast on edhoffman.net as well on the podcast page. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free, and uh, you can have it uh, automatically download to your, uh, your phone or your computer, your iPad, your iPod. Your uh, mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer, whatever, whatever you listen to podcasts on. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, and uh, like the Facebook page uh, for the show, the main event, Ed Hoffman. That's facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. Um, if you want to leave comments on the show, anything that I say that uh, might uh, stir you up excited or stir you up uh, mad, uh, 855-640-2092 is the number for that. And before we go much further, I'll introduce my in-studio guest, like I often have, Mr. Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes. Scotty, welcome back. Ed, good to be back in the house. And uh, before we go any further, we've got an event coming up that you're putting on? We do indeed. So this is a conservative stand-up comedy event. It's going to be held at the Sycamore Inn in Rancho Cucamonga on Saturday, July 6th. It's going to be really funny. Um, and the tickets are $59. That includes a dinner from the restaurant. You can go buy tickets at MakeAmericaLaughAgainEvent.com. That's MakeAmericaLaughAgainEvent.com. It's going to be really good. We've got some really funny conservative comedians. So hopefully you can join us Saturday night, July 6th, so two weeks from now, MakeAmericaLaughAgainEvent.com. So will the second one be called Keep America Laughing or will it be Make America Laugh Again? Laugh again. Laugh again. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh. I know. <laughs> it's going to be good, though. It's going to be good. I'll be emceeing the event. We've got some really funny folks, so hopefully you guys can join us. I'll be sitting in the audience eating and drinking and uh, better be laughing, too. Yes. All yes. right. So let's talk about what's going on in this country. Tensions with Iran are high, starting with the attacks on the oil tankers in the Persian Gulf last week. So if you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, there was Iran trying to trying to figure out why some of their... Uh, some of their uh, some of their bombs, their mines that they had floating, uh, didn't go off, and they're trying to collect their their mines that didn't go off. But meanwhile, they they bombed a couple of uh, tankers and set them on fire, um, and it ended ended with them shooting down an unarmed, uh, unmanned American drone in international waters on Thursday. This drone, this drone was uh, was not the uh, the Reaper that goes from March Air Force Base in uh, out of Moreno Valley. This was a uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the swing span is a size of a 737, um, so it's it's extra large. I'm not sure where uh, where they where they pilot these out of. The Reapers were one, were the ones they shot on last week and they missed. Um, that we actually pilot out of uh, out of uh, Marino Valley at March Air, March Air Force Base. So the guys that I know actually pilot those and shoot out of them. Um, early this week, the administration's tone on Iran was cautious and restrained. Here's Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Monday. We have been engaged in many messages, even this this moment right here, communicating to uh, Iran uh, that we are there to deter aggression. Uh, President Trump does not want war, and um, we will continue to communicate that message while uh, doing the things that are necessary to protect American interests uh, in the region. 
So he's commenting on the fact that we have aircraft carrier full of uh, airplanes and uh, and uh, fighting guys uh, in the Persian Gulf, as well as uh, uh, destroyers, and they're and they're um, escorting ships through the the Strait of Hormuz, which is where they're shipping oil back and forth, and uh, lots of countries going through there, and to keep them from being harassed by Iran. Um, compare these comments that uh, to that of President the president's response to reporters when he sat with Canadian Prime Minister on th- uh, Justin Trudeau on Thursday. Iran made a big mistake. Uh, this drone was in international waters. Clearly, we have it all documented. You'll find out. You'll find out. Yeah, the reporters want to want to just ask him to say everything, and he. He has some restraint. The president also exercised some diplomacy, however, de-escalating the situation by saying it might have been unintentional. I have a feeling that there was a mistake made by somebody that shouldn't have been doing what they did. I find it hard to believe it was intentional, if you want to know the truth. I think that it could have been somebody who was uh, loose and stupid that did it. This is a new fly in the ointment, what happened shooting down the drone. And uh, this country will not stand for it. Well, you know, I, the first thing I, that struck me is obviously this was a big drone. This wasn't like a little thing that's going to deliver your packages from Amazon. This was a big thing. What was the cost on this thing? $180 million to build one of those. That's a lot of money in the in the drink right now. Yeah, I would uh, I would think uh, we could uh, do a lot of good things with $180 million bucks. Yeah, no kidding. And, of course, they've got weapons. They're, these things are fully weaponized. They can, they can, they can do a full-on attack. These are, these are like fighting jets, um, except for they just don't have a pilot in them. Right. Well, I, I don't know what your take is on, on Iran. I, for me, it's like 100% stay the hell out of Iran. Stay the hell out. I mean, it's one thing if we're actually physically attacked at that point, I'd say we can go in there and level them. But, you know, look, not, not only should we not go into Iran, but we should get the hell out of Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. I don't even know what our missions are in those countries anymore. But I think we're mistaken if we think we can go in there and nation build in that part of the world. The Middle East is a freaking mess. Uh, it's largely a third world uh, world. And, and the idea that we can go in there and create democracies, I, I think those ideas are pretty much done with. I don't want to lose any more American lives, and I don't want to waste any more American dollars. Well, I, I, uh, I differ a little okay. bit. I differ a little bit. I, I agree that nation building in the Middle East is is probably a lost cause. Um I do, I do agree that. Uh, I mean, you said unless we're physically attacked, right? They did attack us. They know we, there wasn't a, a physical person in the jet, but they were in international waters. And if and if the uh, you know in international airspace, so if if we can't fly in international airspace without Iran sending a a, a rocket to shoot us out of the sky, um, there's a problem there. And there's a lot of other countries that are affected by that. Um, so I have I have some I have some issues there. With that, and what is our what is our what is our our uh, mission in Afghanistan? I'm I'm not really sure either. You know, the one good the one good thing that I will point out is we have we have options now. We have options because Trump has gotten us uh, energy independent, and Biden can't go in and say, "Hey, you know what? This is something that that uh, Obama Biden did, and Trump's just getting the the getting the the rewards for it." Obama said, "Hey, this isn't something that's going to change in four years. So let's not do anything. Let's not build the the pipeline. Let's not drill off offshores. Let's not drill in Anwar. Let's not drill anywhere. Basically, uh, 
other than uh, other than privately private owned um, land was the only place that that anybody was drilling, and it, they didn't need any public uh, they didn't need any any uh, public permits because they were drilling on their own land. Um, and Trump opened up all that, said, "Hey, let's get energy independent." And now we're now we we export more than we import and we're in a position that we don't really need foreign oil anymore. So we're in a good position. Right. We have less, we have less of an interest in the Middle East now. It's kind of the point. Correct. So, you know, if we want to say, Hey, you know, other than, other than Israel, there's a, there's less, there's less of an issue. Now, Senator Lindsey Graham was asked how he thought the president should respond. And he reminded us of what happened with Obama when he sent empty threats to Syria. And if you're not willing to take this enemy on, you'll regret it because you're going to put all the pressure on Israel. Here's what I believe about Donald Trump. He's a deal maker. He's trying to avoid conflict. But this is truly a defining moment for him. When Obama said to Assad, you better not use chemical weapons, Assad did. The rest is history. Trump has told the Iranians, you cannot disrupt navigation of the seas. You can't attack our interests or our allies. That's an unacceptable way to live in the 21st century. They are testing him. They need to do so at their own peril. If they get away with this, God help us with North Korea and throughout the world. Well, it almost sounds like Lindsey wants to go to war, you know, and I think that would be a huge, horrific mistake. I think it would be bad for Trump's reelection, for one thing. And the other thing that, honestly, nobody talks about, nobody brings up, including the president, is the fact we're $22 trillion in the freaking hole. I mean, we have a massive, massive debt that is getting bigger and bigger, and it's kind of like... You know, it's like if you're talking about remodeling your home and then you told me, yeah, but I'm a million dollars in the hole. I'd be like, maybe you shouldn't remodel. Maybe you should stop spending. Maybe it's time to address your debt. You know, maybe you should uh, maybe you should consider um, selling your house and buying someplace cheaper. It's sure. already remodeled. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, again, I, I'm I, unless we are outright attacked, which Iran's not stupid. They're not going to do that. Who Who would win that one? Yeah, that would be over really, really quick. Uh, and if we did, if we did at that point retaliate against Iran, it's not going to be some ground war. We're just going to throw a few missiles, put put a couple of patriots through the Ayatollah's forehead, and let the rest of them clean up the mess. Well, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Iran a little bit because we were talking before we went on yeah. here. The as I see it, when Trump came in, he he turned off the nuclear the the dumb nuclear thing that uh, that John Kerry and Obama uh, got basically that said, hey, do whatever you want. And uh, and we'll and we'll call it a, a treaty, and uh, we'll then we'll kiss your butt and we'll give you money and you can do whatever you want. We won't bother you, and we'll just claim that we're all buddies and everybody loves each other. Kind of like the things that didn't work with North Korea, <clears throat> exactly. And um, Trump said, "No, no, 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 we're not we're not abiding by this," and he turned on sanctions. And I think sanctions are designed to make things hard on Iran so that either a they say, hey, screw this. This is uh, this is not working out. Let's make a deal with the United States and and make things easier or the people rise up and overthrow the government and say, hey, you know, we're tired of being we're tired of being we're tired of being starved. We're tired of being uh, living in these conditions and they overthrow the government. But you had 
you had a, a take on somebody that you somebody you know from Iran. Right. It'd be interesting to almost interview them on the show at some point. But yeah, we have some good friends that are from Iran. What they've told us is how much better things were under the Shah. And really the sanctions, the, sh- the sanctions don't hurt the government. They don't hurt the Ayatollahs. They hurt the average people that are trying to scrape out a living in Iran. The interesting thing about Iran is that if there was ever a possibility of actually having an ally in the Middle East, it probably would be Iran. They're the most educated people. Um, you know, where you see the extremism is mainly the Ayatollahs and the government. It's not the general people. People, uh, they're, they're not that extreme. They're actually fairly pro-Western. Um, so what you're saying is there's a there's a case to be made for going in and overthrowing the government. Well, I don't think it's our, our responsibility to do that because every time we've tried that, whether it's, you know, throughout, you name your country, right? Iraq, we tried, we got rid of Saddam and then what happened? We got a bigger mess. So I don't think it's the United States position to overthrow the government. If we can help facilitate that, whatever. I mean, but, but obviously we've seen several examples of these green movements that have just been squashed because at the end of the day, they don't have any guns. They don't have the weaponry. They're, 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 um, they're people without guns. I mean, how are they going to overthrow the Ayatollahs when they have no military? No guns? They There's have no, no guns, guns in Iran? No, no guns in Iran. How come? Uh, they don't let them have it because they might like rise up and uh, take over their own government. But That's kind of what Hitler did in Germany, isn't it? Yep. So the first thing they do is when they want to, uh, when the government wants to have uh, have control of you, is take away your guns. Hmm. You see a pattern here. See a pattern here? Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So, <clears throat> anyway, pay attention. Pay attention, folks. This is what's this is what's going on. And you know this this uh, running the, running the country is complex. And now and, and as I've been saying for the last six months, the Democrats uh, now they rule the House of Representatives. They they waste more time than ever, and they continue to blame the president for it. Uh, in a week where a real crisis is happening, yeah, it's kind of been the last month. Or been kind of last six months. Iran shot down our drone. Syrian refugee was arrested in Pittsburgh. Did you guys hear about this? A Syrian refugee was arrested in Pittsburgh for conspiring with ISIS to blow up a church. And new reports show more than 500 African migrants were detained at the Texas-Mexico border over the past month. The House Judiciary Committee opted to focus on what? Interviewing former White House Communications Director Hope Hicks. All right. That's important. Reportedly, the closed door deposition consisted of Jerry Nadler, who I will who I will remind you uh, I ran into in the in LAX and JFK Airport when Don and I went to New York last month, um, or actually the end of April. Uh, who's about four foot eleven and about uh, three hundred pounds, and uh, he's a little dweeb, and uh, apparently he's a dirty old man. Anyway, uh, his Democrat colleagues asking Hicks about where her desk was in the White House, and according to Devin Nunes, that they didn't stop there. My sources that were inside and did the interviewing said it was quite embarrassing to watch the Democratic congressman essentially ask Hope Hicks about her love life. I think that's a very bizarre to have a bunch of old pervy congressmen asking somebody who has no new information about her love life. I think, uh, I think the American people uh, would be ashamed if they did, knew did, what actually happened that, in that, that room. That came up in that hearing room yesterday? That's what my, that's the folks that I talked to are telling me. What's relevant about that? I have no idea. That's a good question. So now we know where our tax dollars are going. They're going to Jerry Nadler to ask Hope Hicks what color her underwear is. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so my, Hope Hicks is thirty, and uh, and Jerry Nadler is about seventy. And uh, all these all these old guys hold like when he says old pervy old pervy senators. <laughs> um, you know, so it's kind of like when uh, you used to watch uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly get some kind of 
sexual thing going on on his show, and he'd get all Twitter pated and turning <laughs> turning pink and giggling and stuff on his show because they're talking about something uh, something weird like. Well, that. he's off the air now, Ed. <laughs> yep. So he's doing it live now. <laughs> so anyway, um, but it wasn't just a judiciary committee wasting time. Naturally, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took things way off the track this week by comparing our treatment of migrants at the border to the Holocaust. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border, and that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. The fact that concentration camps are now an institutionalized practice in the home of the free is extraordinarily disturbing. Um, And we need to do something about it. Yeah, well, here's proof that AOC is full of crap. So, in case you guys didn't see this, this about I'm this clip. Candace Owens uh, did a uh, she went to a bunch of uh, detainment facilities on the southern border uh, herself about three four months ago, and down she, in Florida. Uh, in Florida is yeah. where she taped this one, but she said she'd been trying to get into all along the southern border. So here's one in Broward County, and this is if you get a chance to to uh, search it on YouTube, put a Candace Owens. Uh, detainment facilities. It's pretty. It's uh. She goes into some graphic. She's she's obviously mad. Let me play a couple minutes of this. What I have just seen, I am incensed. I am horrified, and I am angry. Okay. Children are being mistreated in this country. They are not the children that are sent to ICE immigration centers. Okay. They are the children that are in Chicago. They are the children that are in Baltimore. They are the children that are in Detroit. They are the children that are being ignored while the leftists drum up a bull narrative that these immigration centers are somehow harming people. Let me tell you what I just saw when I walked in there, okay? And I, by the way, I'm with an entire film crew. So I'm about to blow up this narrative in a way that the left is not expecting because they are filthy, disgusting liars. And I'm sorry that I am so angry right now, but what I just saw was astonishing, okay? This place is nicer than where I went to the public school system. I went to Stanford, Connecticut Public Schools. This place is like an elementary school. There are colors on the wall everywhere. There's a nursing station that is so clean and so nice where they dine. They're sitting down laughing, eating food. They have people that are that go to the counter that can participate if they want. They can help cook if they want. Let me tell you what, what the activities they have here. I walked in on the woman that were in their arts and crafts session. They had just concluded their Zumba class, okay? In the same room that they do their Zumba, they also have to do their arts and crafts, okay? That's just for the, the woman's side. They are all welcome. There is a sand volleyball court. There is a sand volleyball court, which they are all welcome to play anytime that they want to in, in, this, in the center of the section. There are phones that line the entire place where there's a sand volleyball court, a foosball table. What else did I see? Uh, there, there are pool tables. There's a soccer field, okay? Because in case they want to play soccer when they're outside, there should be a soccer field that is adjacent to the, the sand volleyball court where they can play. They're all laughing. They're having a good time. And listen, I'm not saying that people that come here should not be treated well. That's not the argument here, okay? But these people are treated great. They are treated fantastically. Yep, I think uh, I think I've heard from a few people that they're still under the impression that that we treat people that we're inhumane with with the uh, migrants that we uh, that we uh, that we uh, 
uh, capture coming across the border, and it's just not true. Uh, Rounding out the time-wasting activities this week was Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas, who held a hearing examining the topic of reparations for African Americans over slavery. Jackson Lee is proposing a study on the issue, which would require a committee to form, which requires a bill. Here's Jackson Lee on Wednesday. The role of the federal government in supporting the institution of slavery and subsequent discrimination directed against blacks is an injustice that must be formally acknowledged and addressed. I just simply ask, why not? And why not now? God bless us as we pursue the final justice for those who lived in slavery. Yeah, the problem is they're all dead now, Sheila. Like, nobody's alive from the slavery days, so how exactly are we going to implement this? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure really how uh, that there's... I don't think there's anybody left that owned slaves, and I don't think there's anybody who was a slave alive. So uh, what do we really need to be considered? Hey, we, we freed them, we did whatever we could do, and we move on. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's kind of sad that... Uh, we elected a, a black man to the presidency, and he didn't get out there and say, "Hey, this is proof that that there's there's no limits for any any race, creed, or color in this country. That you know you can become you know there was a, a black guy in the White House that was elected by black and white people. There should be no reason for anyone to say there's limits for anybody anymore. But he uh, didn't take he didn't take that opportunity. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about this in uh, in after the break. We're all out of time for part one of the main event, so stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we'll be right right back with more. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Summit Funding. We don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on this show because uh, if you're not in the market, it might be a little bit boring for you, but if you are in the market to uh, buy or refinance or you need one of them reverse mortgage things to make your uh, make your your retirement years a little a little more pleasant economically call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 and uh, or go to uh, edhoffman.net click on the summit funding logo so uh, if you uh, didn't catch the first half then you won't know that Scott McPhee owner of Don's Bikes is uh, with me in the house good to be back in the house Ed and uh, don't forget uh, Scott's event, uh, the uh, Make America Laugh Again, the comedy, uh, conservative comedy at the Sycamore Inn in Rancho Cucamonga coming up on? Coming up on July 6th. So it's Saturday, July the 6th. You can get tickets uh, by going online to MakeAmericaLaughAgainEvent.com. That's MakeAmericaLaughAgainEvent.com. Be there. <laughs> Two shows, two shows on that night. Yeah, our first, first, one, our first, first one first, sold out. Yeah, first show actually sold out. We're about halfway sold out through the second show, so uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm real excited. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So, okay, so we were talking about uh, we were talking about the uh, the how the uh, the Democrats have been just wasting time uh, since they've owned the owned the since they've owned the House of Representatives. I don't think they own the House of Representatives. I think they just have the majority. And we were talking about how now. Uh, uh, Sheila Jackson Lee wants to introduce uh, a bill to make reparations for uh, for slaves. Of course, slavery has been over for like 246 years um, since we uh, passed the 13th right. Amendment. And so. I have a question, Ed. What if you're half black, half white? Do you write yourself a check? <laughs> I don't know. I have to. Uh, I got to think about you that. You know what? One. There was there wasn't that much of that going on back in the 1800s. <laughs> But mm. now there is because apparently uh, people don't care anymore. No. So uh, you'd think that you'd think that we'd stop 
worrying about uh, racism. Yeah, the whole racism thing's a crock. I mean, yeah, it's so, just a crock. So if you dare tell the truth about the history of slavery and segregation that it was first perpetrated by the Democrats, uh, you get called a liar. Republican Louis Gohmert, also of Texas, learned this in that same hearing. It is important that we know our history and we not punish people today for the sins of their uh, predecessors in the Democratic Party. But um, (laughs) I just stated all facts. And again, we have people who are denying history. And uh, speaking of segregationists in the Democratic Party, there used to be a lot of them in the old days when Joe Biden was in the Senate. Uh, From Robert Byrd to Strom Thurmond, there was plenty of Democrat racism uh, to go around and the Senate in the Senate until those guys started dying off in the early 2000s. Supposedly, both senators changed their ways while serving. Biden said this week that he forgave them for their views and eulogized, eulogized them at their funerals. Cory Booker decided attacking Biden for, for this would be a winning strategy. Vice President Biden shouldn't need this lesson. And at a time when we have, from the highest offices in the land, uh, divisiveness, uh, racial hatred, uh, and bigotry being spewed. Um, he should have the sensitivity to know that this is a time I need to be an ally. I need to be a healer. I need to not engage in usage of words that will harm folks. I think Cory Booker thinks this is a time that he needs to be getting some sound bites. Well, I think his polling's at like almost zero percent. So this is uh, probably a la- you know a dying effort to try and get some kind of media. I would I would think. And then some reporter thought Biden should apologize, and this is what Biden said. Apologize for what? Cory should apologize. He knows better. There's not a racist bone in my body. I've been involved in civil rights my whole career. Period. 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 Yeah, I have to uh, side with Biden there. It's, there's uh, when it, you can't really do anything without being called a racist anymore, and uh, and it's 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 really. Right now, it's it's all the Democrats are trying to get noticed by whoever, and it's uh, appeal to appeal to whoever they can get on TV for whatever they can. The first Democratic debate, twenty three candidates, and I think they're going to put ten on or twenty on. What a circus that's going to be! So next, so next week, I think it's on Wednesday. Are they doing two debates? Yeah, I think there's a big table and a little table. I think yeah, like there was, but it's uh, you have to have at least like as I understand it. You have to have 65,000 uh, individual contributors from uh, X amount of different states. It can't all be from your state. And uh, you've got to have at least 1% in the polling in in like three different nationally recognized polls. Um, I think Cory Booker is uh, – he might be at the little guy's table if he gets on there at all. Um, Cory Booker is not the only one doing weird things for attention this week, though. With 23 Democrats running and their first primary debate on Wednesday – Everyone's vying to make themselves stand out. With the most headline-grabbing sound bites, um, let's start. Let's start from the bottom up with New York City Mayor Bill De Blasio, who can't even get any support from his own city. He started out this week making a video on a highway where he promised driver's licenses to illegals. I believe in driver's licenses for all. I believe that all New Yorkers, regardless of documentation status, need to be able to get a license the right way. Ask everyone to weigh in. Driver's licenses for all. It's fair. It's smart. It's safe. Well, you know, that's that's where everybody gets registered to vote now is DMV. And so as long as uh, everybody can get a driver's license, I know uh, my wife was talking to someone who was at DMV when 
they say they heard someone say, uh, they say here here's your voter registration. So they go, well, I'm not a citizen. They go, well, it doesn't matter. Fill it out anyway. Yeah, I just wonder how that works. I mean, can I go into the DMV and claim that I'm an illegal from like Russia and say I'm here for a driver's license? I am illegal in this country. I have no papers. I need license. How does that work? How you got you- no document. You just walk in there and the DMV goes, okay, yeah, here's your license. How does that work? Well, how did you get here from Russia? I swim. I swim to Sarah Palin's porch and then walk from there. (laughs) Hey, July 6th is the comedy event, guys. That's right. That was just a preview. Yeah. So next there's Kristen Gillibrand, Kirsten Gillibrand, who seems to think she's got a chance. Get it right, Ed. Not that it matters. Yeah. This this lady, this lady, you know, she's like 51 or 53, but Mm. she she acts like she's just out of high school. Um, she, she seems to think she has a chance. I can't even imagine anyone thinking she would be a good president. Uh, she just doesn't look presidential. She just doesn't act presidential, but she keeps talking about abortion. And now she says there's no such thing as a pro-life judge in America. One out of four women in America access abortion services. And a woman has a right to make all those decisions. And if you are telling me today that you, women in America don't have that right, I think you're so backward looking that you that those judges and justices are not the type of people we should be appointing because it's I, too I, backward looking. Is that is that like a real word backward looking? I'm not sure. Why do they always sound so angry too? They're all angry. I don't know. They're t- they should be happy. Mm. I had someone tell me say, "Well, why is Trump so concerned about unborn kids but he doesn't care about the kids on the border? He puts them in cages." What? Right. You know, I, I got to agree with AOC. I'll come back to that point, though, that, that I think that these detention centers are, are like concentration camps. And therefore, Ed, it is our responsibility to free those people and to send them home immediately. I agree. Okay. I agree, because it's just not fair for them to be in their Zumba, no. Zumba classes. Not a, we don't want to put them in concentration. Classes. No. Playing, uh, playing volleyball on, on – and I'll tell you, a sand volleyball court. I, you know, I'll tell you what. At, we have a house in Arizona at the river. And for the days that we don't go go on the uh, on the uh, on the river, you know, we want to have a, a place to put a little pool. We, and this is our second house out there, uh, and we used to set up this little blow up pool on the porch. And we found out that setting one of those blow up pools on concrete is kind of hard. So, in <laughs> this new at this new place, we had a landscape. We put a big like a sixteen foot round area, and we filled it up with sand. And so when the when the grandkids came over, we could put up the blow up pool and fill it up with water, and it would be like a nice place to put a pool. Sand is expensive. Yeah, sand is real expensive. You know, <laughs> you think about it. You buy a bag of sand when you're filling up a whole sandbox. <laughs> a bag of sand doesn't fill up anything. <laughs> no, that's a lot of bags of sand, Ed. So to have a sand volleyball court, you know, when I when I heard uh, Candace Owens say, "It's a sand volleyball court." Like beach volleyball. Yeah, it's like it's like you know. So what's the big deal? And then we had that thing, and they, they told us how much it was to put sixteen foot round thing of sand, so I could put a little blow up pool on there. And we only set it up once. Finally, we got tired of it and said, "Hey, let's just put in a pool. Mm. <clears throat> let's put in a real pool, so we don't have to think about it when we're here. We don't have to blow it up and do all that stuff. It's just here. Yeah, but then I gotta have a pool company come over. So." company come over we're not even there so they'll come over and keep it clean so it's clean when we get there so hey 
First world problems. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, but a whopping five candidates showed up at Al Sharpton's uh, at Nash, at annual National Action Network conference this week to make the grandest promise of all that they would sign Sheila Jackson Lee's bill for slavery reparations. Here's Kamala Harris, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Julian, Ca- Julian Castro. Who's he? I don't even know. That, you know. That name keeps popping up. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's running, too. There's so many of these people, and so many of them are like, who the hell are these people? Julian Castro was a... Uh, uh, congressman in Texas, okay. and Obama uh, appointed him as the Secretary of uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Oh, okay. And I tell you, I listened to him speak at the Mortgage Bankers Association conference in Washington D.C., and he sound exactly like Barack Obama. Uh, same, same in voice inflection. I would swear, whoever writes Obama's uh, uh, speeches wrote his his speech, mm. and I walked out. Um, I listened. I listened to half of them, and I just got. It was the same. It was the same conference where uh, where um, the guy running the CFPB came out and said the the CF the the uh, Affordable Care Act will save the housing industry. What the hell's that got to do with anything? I don't know. Mm. And it was the same. You know, it's obviously Obama went in and said, "Here's what you guys are going to say in front of the mortgage bankers." So anyway, uh, here's the 2020 uh, Sharpton reparations. a nominee people. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee has proposed a bill to form a commission to study how to do reparations. When I elect president, I'll sign it. Would you sign that bill? Yes. Yes. Would you sign it? How is this an advanced bill? Of course, I would sign it. Would you sign the bill for reparations? Yes, I would. I already support that bill. There are things that we need to do in this country that have been a long time in coming. One of those is to move forward with reparations. Uh, I just don't know where the where the advantage is to getting next to uh, Al Sharpton to look smarter in the eyes of the voters. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's funny because I, I I've been thinking about like you know the reelection of Trump. Is that likely? I'm going to say, yeah, I don't want to sound cocky, but the odds are Trump's going to get elected. And I came up with five quick reasons as to why. Number one, the current crop of these nominees is awful. Ed, these people are terrible. I mean, I told a Democrat friend of mine, I said, you need to call Oprah immediately because none of these people has any hope whatsoever. Uh, the Democrat platform. Number two, the Democrat platform is just it's too freaking crazy. You know, there's there's nothing there. They have they have their whole agenda is uh, we don't like Trump. Well, yeah, I know. And, but, but what do they stand for? Socialism, open borders, uh, reparations, infanticide, the Green New Deal. All these things are absolutely insane. And this is their platform going into 2020. The other thing I thought about, too, and I'll maybe chime in on this, Trump's going to destroy any of these people in a debate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you put Biden up there, can you imagine? Biden Biden is just, you know, Biden is, uh, what, he's 77. He's going to be 78. He'll be he'll be almost eighty by the time he took office if he was elected. He is just not sharp. No, he's not. He's not. You know what? Some people. Some people. You know. I I know. Uh, I know people in their nineties that are still mentally razor sharp. Right. And and uh, you know Trump doesn't have any any uh, alcohol in his in his liver and he doesn't have any bong residue in his uh, in his brain. You know he he hasn't he hasn't had any good times partying. Uh, apparently with uh, drugs or alcohol, and 
and uh, which you know, bummer for him uh, from some of our, some perspectives. But uh, he's seventy three. He just turned seventy three, and he's he's still razor sharp. No, you're right. You're right. And and these guys are not going to be able to compete with that. No. Well, plus we have we have a very strong economy. And, of course, you've already seen these polls where Trump's going to lose to every, every one of these. Trump's losing by these pollsters, right? Aren't these the same pollsters that said Trump was going to lose by like a 99, 90%, 100%? I heard some of them say 100%. He's gonna lose. Yep, exactly. Hundred percent. We'll we'll all start we'll all start playing the uh, the the clips that they compiled. Right. We're for, supposed to believe the polling now. Yeah, exactly. Watch watch the MSNBC and the CNN people losing their mind as the as the returns came in on the election night, November eighth, right, two thousand sixteen. It was great. Right. Well, you know, and it's hey. kind of like look if they didn't have all the media behind them, they they would be like. They'd be 20 points behind if they didn't have all the media and Google and Facebook and all the freaking tech companies covering for these people. They would be nowhere. Was that all five reasons? You got a couple. No, more. actually, well, I, the Russian thing backfired. That was a huge oh, yeah, Russian faux backfired. pas, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know. and they're, But they're going to still keep playing it. No, of course. Of they don't course. have anything else to do. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, also look at the rallies. I mean, you know, they're talking like Biden will get like maybe a thousand people or maybe a couple thousand to his rallies. Look at Trump. There's like 20,000 people in there and another 100,000 that wanted to get in. Yeah, some people were like there for a day and a half, yeah. two days. I don't even think I would do that. Camp out for two days? Nah, I don't know, man. I don't think I would, but yeah. I'd have, I'd, I might pay someone to, uh, here, here's, here's, here's <laughs> hold my spot. Here's minimum wage. Here's minimum wage for, uh, for uh, 40 hours and sit them, hold my spot. Yeah, there you go. But, um, but you know, you, and you had like 130 or 140 impeach Trump rallies scheduled for last Saturday and, None of them got more than like 10 people. <laughs> well, that goes to show you something. Yeah, exactly. They wanted, they, wanted to make, they wanted to make a statement. Yep. They wanted to make a statement. Well, so, they did. So let's talk about California. Gavin Newsom continues to demonstrate he's completely out of touch with what's going on in the state. This week, the governor told Politico, America in 2019 is California in the 1990s. The xenophobia, the native nativism, the fear of the other scapegoating, talking down or past people. The hysteria, and so we're not going to put up with that. We're not going to put, we're, we are going to push back. He also said, the current crop of national Republicans will go to the waste bin of history the way Republicans in the 1990s have gone. This is referencing the former uh, Governor uh, Pete Wilson, who served two terms in the 90s, leaving the office in 1999 with a $16 billion budget surplus, uh, the passage of welfare reform, and a 55% approval rating. I liked Pete Wilson. I thought he was a cool guy, and uh, things seem to be uh, making some sense in that in those times. Historian Victor Davis Hansen, whose book "The Case for Trump" reveals all the reasons California is now a third world state under Democrats, discussed the death of California on Tucker this week. Well, it has all the symptoms of what we associate with failed states. It's got the highest basket of income tax, gasoline taxes, sales tax, and yet its schools are rated in the last 10%, the bottom 10% of the nation's test scores, one-third of the nation's welfare recipients live in California, a fifth of the population, as you said, is below the poverty line, a fifth of all the homeless people in the United States live in California. We have the most billionaires of any state in the, uh, the nation, and then we have the largest underclass. Which goes to show what the, what the worst uh, education why we have all the dumb voters in California because we keep electing Democrats and we keep voting to keep our taxes high and 
You know, I think I think from Trump's recent rally in Florida, the most powerful line to me was when he said that California is enacting legislation to give health care benefits to illegal aliens. Meanwhile, we have this uncontrolled homeless population of, of American citizens. These are American citizens living on the streets for obviously a variety of different reasons. But that's where our priorities are for illegal aliens and not American citizens that are that are sleeping on on the pavement. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so Hansen also addressed Newsom's delusions about California. And this is where uh, where we get some of this as well. He talks about just exactly what you're talking about here in the how we got here in the first place. Governor Newsom's got it exactly wrong. 25 years ago, when we had Prop 187 that cut off health care, but not emergency health care to undocumented immigrants. That passed by 59% of the population. It fueled Pete uh, Wilson's come up from behind victory over Kathleen Brown. It was very popular, but three days later, a federal court invalidated it, and that got rid of it. the deterrent factor, and people wanted to come to California often illegally, and they resided here illegally, and that was unfortunately part of a perfect storm. I will tell you. I will tell you. The more the more free stuff we give out, the more illegal people want to come here. The more uh, the more the more the rest of us want to leave. Well, and I'm not an attorney. I am not, but I don't understand how one judge, one activist judge sitting behind a bench, can overturn the will of the people. I, I don't get that. I don't know how that happens. Either do I. Yeah, Either do I. I don't but get that's it. that's kind of what uh, what Trump wants to turn around. That you can't legislate from the bench. You're supposed to n- interpret the laws, not create the laws. Well, and it's it's hard to even imagine that California was at one point a red state. That's difficult to even imagine. How did how did that happen? But it's happened in large part due to an influx of illegal immigration from Mexico, uh, from Central America. Those people vote Democrat. They come largely from socialist countries. They want the free stuff. That's how they're going to vote legally and illegally. Well, they come they come from they come from countries where they don't have jobs. They don't have you know, and, and anything that anything they can get coming across the border, you know, most of them come here, they want to work. But quite frankly, anything they can get for free is is good because they've been doing without for so long. And I don't want to I don't want to to defend their their situation. But it's just you, you can't socialism doesn't work because eventually you run out of everybody else's money. So meanwhile, this week uh, uh, begins a planned ICE operation that the president says will remove millions of migrants Uh, So get ready for the Democrats to lose their minds next week. On Monday, President Trump tweeted, Next week, ICE will begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the United States. They will be removed as fast as they come in. Mexico, using their strong immigration laws, is doing a very good job of stopping people. Long before they get to our southern border, Guatemala is getting ready to sign a safe third agreement. I'm not really sure what that is. The only ones who won't, won't do anything are the Democrats in Congress. They must vote to get rid of the loopholes and fix asylum. If so, border crisis will end quickly. Well, we know that's not going to happen, though. Um, that's it's, it's not going to happen because without without this influx of illegal aliens, there's no hope for the Democrat Party. They need the votes. They need the votes, and they're, and I think they're getting them. This is the sad part. Good luck trying to deport all these people that are here. This is the, I don't even know how you're going to do it. We've allowed this problem to go on for decades. We have a huge problem, and you see states like Texas that may actually even flip blue. I mean, Ted Cruz almost lost re-election because mm-hmm. the demographics in that state are changing. And if you heard my show last week, you heard about the uh, the WeBuildTheWall.org, I think it is. WeBuildTheWall.org. 
No dot us. We build the wall dot us. Where you're the where the private private donations are building the wall and they're building it faster and cheaper than the government's building it. And uh, go on go on to the website and listen to the uh, listen to the podcast or go and watch the YouTube uh, videos of a uh, Foreman Mike out there talking about what's going on. Look at the videos. I think another week they'll have the the cameras up at uh at the gate in. What's that that city in New Mexico, right on the New Mexico uh, Texas border, where they put the where they put the gate, where they put a half mile fence, where uh, the Army Corps of Engineers said it couldn't be done. Uh, Political reports: Trump's ICE comments publicized the planned immigration and publics uh, and customs enforcement operation targeting Central American families, families and unaccompanied minors who had turned eighteen, according to three people familiar with the plan. They appeared to elaborate on the comment earlier this week by newly installed acting ICE director Mark Morgan that ICE will intensify enforcement against migrants already living in the United States, including families. Uh, did they mention they'll be targeting families? Um, so anyway, we got we got two minutes left. Let's play a clip from uh, Trump's officially uh, officially announcing his reelection campaign. We will defend privacy, free speech, religious liberty, and the right to keep and bear arms. Great nations do not want to fight endless wars. They've been going on forever. Our economy is the envy of the world. With your love and your devotion and with your drive, we are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. Yeah, it was a crazy pandemonium in uh, in Florida. Uh, that was uh, Wednesday night? Yeah. Yeah, Wednesday night it was uh, it was a pretty fired up crowd. Play the uh, clip where they can't decide whether they should be uh, make America great again or uh, keep America great. So I'm going to ask you to vote on it. I'm going to go make America great again, then keep America great. Let me just hear by your cheers what you like. Make America great again. Keep America great. Apparently it was louder in person than it was uh, uh, on TV, but it sounded pretty close. But apparently, keep America, uh, keep America great, one, and apparently that's going to be the thing. Hey, anyway, we're all out of time. Uh, if you want to leave comments on the show, eight five five six four zero twenty ninety two. Last plug on your show. Last for plug on the show. Be there July sixth. Make America Laugh Again event dot com. Buy your tickets at the Sycamore Inn and Rancho Cucamonga. We've got some great conservative comedians. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you can join us. I will be there. My wife will be there. We'll be uh, we'll be enjoying the food, enjoying the drink, and giggling. And uh, we'll see you there on July sixth. Hey, anyway, uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And we'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number nine nine two one, California DRE ID number one zero one two six five eight, Arizona MLO license number zero nine two six four three nine, Branch NMLS ID number one eight four one seven eight two, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number three one nine nine, Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven, Equal Housing Opportunity. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.